All right, today we're looking at Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. You've given us one more day to grow up, to pursue you, to follow you, to just set our eyes on you and be like you. Lord, you've given us one more day to impact this world, to love those around us and to shine your light. As we look at your word, teach us. Holy Spirit, come, open our ears, our hearts, our eyes, guide us. Make our hearts pliable, soften our hearts that they would be molded by you and not by the world. Lord, we just thank you. ask you to teach us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. And now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Right from the get-go, I want to look. Um, I want to remember that when Jesus was traveling, he never traveled alone. And we see time and time and time again that he couldn't even go anywhere without having multitudes just like following him. And right in verse 17, we see, um, as he was going down the road, one came running and knelt before him. So this this man came came and he was putting forth effort. He knew Jesus was there and he was he was pursuing him. He was he was coming after him. He ran and knelt before him. Um, kneeling before him, that would just be that, that position of honor and submission, just kind of saying, here I am. And it would have kind of brought everything to a screeching halt around him. Um, if you've ever had somebody like laying down or kneeling in front of you, it's kind of hard to just keep on walking, especially when you've got those crowds. They would have just kind of trampled over him. So he brought everything to a screeching halt. And he asks him, good teacher, what shall I do? To that I may inherit eternal life. So this man knew that Jesus had some answers for him. Um, and then Jesus answers the question. It says, why do you call me good? No one, no one is good but one, and that is God. So Jesus is just kind of asking that question, but he never really answers it. He never, he doesn't answer it, and he doesn't even really, um, we don't even see that he gives this man a chance to answer it. Um, what I want to think about on that for just a second is, what do we call good? Um, who do we call good? I mean, Jesus himself here says, no one is good, but one, and that is God. Now, the reality is Jesus was God in the flesh. So was Jesus good? Absolutely. Um, but as far as the rest of us go, um, that's debatable. Um, I mean, if we, if we compare things by the world standards, um, I mean, if I look at the, if I look at the world around me and I look at, um, some of the people locked up in jail and prison and those, and those kinds of things, then in comparison, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Um, but the reality is I know, I know what I've done. I know my heart. I know the life that I've lived at times. Um, and I know the way that if I just, if I'm left to my own devices, I know where I will end up. Um, so for me to even say that I'm good, um, I don't even know if I go that far. But Jesus says, no one is good, but one, and that is God. So here reality is that's going to kind of bring us around to the idea that you can't be good enough. Okay. This is kind of fun. So as I'm talking this out, it just, it made even more sense to me. So, um, he sets this up, says no one is good, but God. And then he jumps right into the commandments. 
Um, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. So he lists off these things that you do. Um, and most people would say, if you do those things, then you're a good person. But he set this up by saying no one is good but God. Um, and folks, I'm just going to say it again. Um, there's a lot of times when we're going through this that as I'm talking out with you, um, I'm getting the revelation myself. This is, um, I hadn't seen it this way before. So like, so when we sit down and do these, when I'm making these videos and when I'm talking to you, um, you're really coming into my devotional time. This isn't just me coming on here teaching. I'm just now getting what I'm telling you. I'm just now seeing some of the stuff that I tell you at times. So if I seem to get a little excited, that's why it's because God's kind of saying, Hey, check this out. Um, and we're getting this one together. So he's talking, this guy comes, he's talking about um, calling Jesus good. Jesus says, no one's good but God. And then he jumps into the commandments. And if you follow those commandments, um, the Jews would have thought, if you follow the commandments, you're a good person. Um, but Jesus is saying, um, <laughs> no one's good but God. Lists off the commandments. And then um, and the young man's, and then the man's response to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. So this man say, I can imagine this guy's kind of like sitting there, he's kind of getting excited because Jesus is saying, hey, um, these are the things you need to do. And the man's like, okay, I've done these, I've done these. So he's probably sitting there thinking, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, and Jesus looking at him, loved him. We got to pause right there for a second um, because that's really, really important because I want you to, I want you to hear that. Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, Jesus looks at you the same way. When you come before him, I promise you that when Jesus is looking at you, he loves you. When God looks at you, he loves you. Are there things in your life that may need to change? Absolutely. We've got stuff, we've all got stuff in our lives that need to change. But when Jesus looks at you, he loves you. It doesn't matter how big you've messed up. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did five minutes ago, five years ago. It doesn't matter who you've hurt. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus looks at you and he loves you. That's what he wants. Um, he loves you. Um, I could say that over and over and over again, but I want you to really hear that he loves you. You're no, Jesus looks at you no different than he does this young man on the road. I said, Jesus looked at him and loved him, but because he loved him, he actually had to continue to say something. He had to, he answered the guy's question. He continued to give him um, some more instruction. Um, so Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. Folks, that's the exact same invitation that Jesus has given to each and every one of us. Um, we've heard, we've heard Jesus say it before. If anyone's going to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. And that's exactly what he's asking this young or asking this man to do. Um, is as go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and take, come take up the cross and follow me. But this, but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now, folks, I want you to hear something on this. There are some things that, there's some things in the Bible that we need to take very, very literally. There are times when there's a command that we need to follow, um, to the letter. And there's certain things that are, that that's what just needs to happen. But there's other things that some of the commands that are given are given to all of us. And there are certain things that in, if we look at them in context are given to just like one person. 
Um, and that's what we see here. Um, this was not... So when we look at the commands, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness. When we see those things, those... And folks, I'm not one to get caught up in the rules, but I just want to make a point, so bear with me. I'm not getting legalistic on you here. Um, but what we see is we see there are certain... There are certain rules, there are certain guidelines, there are certain laws that are given to everybody. Um, the Ten Commandments would be an example of those. There are certain things that it's like everyone has to do this. Um, when we look at the commandments, when Jesus was questioning what the greatest commandments were, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are, those are universal commandments. Those are things that are issued to absolutely everyone. But when we see this, Jesus is having an interaction with one man, um, and it's it hasn't this isn't a general teaching that he's giving to absolutely every in the crowd. He's looking at this one man because he says one thing you lack. So he's speaking to this individual. So this is an individual set of instructions. Um, he says one thing you lack and he tells him to go sell everything he has. So he'll have treasures in heaven and follow him because Jesus looked at this man and knew his heart. He knew about him. He knew where he was at and he knew that the possessions of this man's life, his attachment to the things of this world would not allow him to follow Jesus. So he had to cut those things off. And folks, the reality is we've got things like that in our own lives. Um, so I would venture to guess that if you come before Jesus and say, Jesus, what do I need to do to have eternal life? What do I need to do to follow you better? Because reality is eternal life is that we may know God. Um, we see that in the book of John. Um, Jesus talks about how he talks about eternal life. And then he also says, and this is eternal life that they may know God. Um, so knowing God, um, our relationship with God, being with him, not just after our death, but here and now, um, keep that in mind, folks. And remember that don't forget the fact that um, eternal life doesn't start when you die. It's eternal. It starts uh, the moment you surrender yourself over to Christ and just yield to him and give your life to him. But that is eternal life. But this man, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Anyways, <clears throat> so this man, Jesus knew that this man's stuff the things that he had would hinder him, would prevent him from actually following Christ. So he challenged it. He says, take it, take and get rid of everything you've got, then come and follow me. And folks, um, Jesus was trying to get him to cut out the stuff that was going to be the distraction. He was going to get him to, he was trying to get him to lay down the things that were going to be in the way of him actually following Jesus. So you got to think if you've got someone who's got all their money tied up in the stock market, someone's a day trader and, and they're watching the stocks and they're watching the stocks and they're watching the stocks. And that's what, that's what consumes their focus. And Jesus were to say to them, Hey, sell all your stocks and follow me. Um, they've got two choices. They either do it or they don't. But the re because the thing is, if that's Jesus call, they're not going to be able to be consumed with the stock market and be consumed with Jesus. The reality is, folks, we cannot be consumed with two different things. Um, we're going to be divided. Um, there is that passage that says no man can serve two masters. Um, he's either going to love one and hate the other, or he's going to be devoted to one and despise the other. It goes on to say that you can't serve God and mammon. Um, and mammon is not just money. Sometimes it's translated that way, but it is actually the love of money. It's that desire for money. You can't serve the desire for more stuff and God at the same time. Money is not a bad thing. Um, folks, we need it to get by. Uh, we need it to pay the bills. We need it to put food on the table. Can God provide? Absolutely. But don't forget the passage of scripture that says if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. So there's there's a responsibility we have to work, to do, um, to, to, tend, to the, tend to the things of this life. Um, if you've got a family, 
y'all need to take care of your family. You need to feed your family, but you don't let your family run you. You don't let your family grow higher than God because it's very easy for the good things in life to actually overtake and kind of displace the God things in life. And that's what, that's what we've got here because the reality is all the stuff this man had, it wasn't bad in and of itself because actually everything he had, if he had followed what Jesus said, it would have been a huge blessing to many people. Um, he had great wealth. If he had sold it all and given it all away, there would have been many that, of the poor that were blessed because of it. So the money is not a bad thing. The things that he had, his possessions were not a bad thing. The fact that those possessions had control of his heart to the point where he couldn't follow Jesus, folks, that is the issue. <clears throat> so I would just say today that that's one thing we just really want to do a step back and just examine our hearts and say, God, what's in my heart? What's in my life? What do I need to do to have eternal life? So we can change that even a little bit. It's like, God, what do I need to do to follow you more? What do I need to do to go to that next level? Um, we never want to be content in our relationship with Christ. We never want to be content with where we're at. So what do I need to do to go to that next level? What's that next level step? Is it, um, do I need to cut something out of my life? Is it deleting a social media account? Do I need to distance myself from certain friends? Do I need to change my habits? What do I need to do? God, what do I need to do in my life that I can follow you? that I can go to that next level. Um, what must I What must I do to have eternal life? Um, but when we do that, we've got to remember that God's going to answer us. I promise you it's going to involve taking up your cross and following him. It's going to involve certain things in your life, dying certain things in your life, going away. And then we just follow him. But verse 22 really kind of shows where this man's heart was. He was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And folks, there's a reality in there that when we come to Christ, when we come to Jesus and we and we ask him and he shows us what we need to do to follow him and we choose to go the other way and we choose to walk away from him, there is a sorrow that comes. It's not just a sadness. It's not just, oh, I feel sad. It's a sorrow because our, our loyalty, this man's loyalties were divided. He wanted to follow Jesus, but he wanted his stuff. And, um, Folks, I've seen this in my life. I've seen this in some people that I've known. Um, even as I'm talking about this, I've got one person that comes to mind vividly. Um, <clears throat> someone who, um, it was actually many, many years ago, a friend of mine that was a pastor. Um, but it was a pastor. And this isn't a judgmental statement. I'm just, I, I just really kind of want to show this to you. He was a pastor, pastor to church. People looked up to him. Um, but he lived a double life. I mean, he would he would preach on Sunday. Um, but then when you saw him at work, um, I mean, he was cussing up a storm. He was harassing women. He was flirting. He was, I mean, I think at one point in time, he was cheating on his wife. And this stuff, it just went on and on. And he continued to pastor. He continued to talk about Jesus at times, but yet continued to live this life. And this was a man that if you looked into his eyes, um, they almost they almost seemed dead. Um, because he was one that was living, I mean, it was really clear, at least to someone who could see it, at least to someone who was, um, who knew, who knew God at that point in time, I was walking with the Lord, at least, at least to a point. And, um, but you could see in his eyes, I mean, they looked almost dead. Um, <clears throat> and he was a man because he was so tormented between two worlds. He, he was talking of the things of God. He was teaching the things of God. And at the same time, he was living in the world any way he pleased. And it was destroying him. Um, I mean, he was on, um, he took all sorts of medications just to keep his head right, just to keep him going in life. 
Um, it was folks. It was a really, really sad situation to see. But the reality is that's what happens when we try and split ourselves and divide ourselves between the world and God. It will tear us apart um, because God is a jealous God and he's not going to share us. Um, he's going to continue to call us deeper into him, further into him. Let go of the things of the world and follow me. It doesn't mean that you quit your job. and It doesn't mean that you go and empty your bank account and give it all away. Folks, be responsible. We need, we need to tend to the cares of this life. If I went and gave away all my money and stopped working, I wouldn't have a house. My kids wouldn't have a bedroom to sleep in. We wouldn't have food on the table. I wouldn't have the internet or the camera that I'm talking to right now if I didn't actually tend to the things, um, to the finances that God's given me, if I didn't actually work my job and do these things. Um, I wouldn't be able to talk to you because I wouldn't have those options. So there's good things that come with that, but those things can't own us. Folks, um, we can't let anything, whether it's money, whether it's a hobby, whether it's family, whether it's friends, um, whether it's our, um, whether it's video games, whether it's social media, whether it's the opinions of others, we can't let anything um, have such a hold on our life that we're not willing to lay it down immediately if God says so. Um, to just pick up our cross and follow him. So I would just challenge you to get alone, take some time with God and say, God, what is it in my life that needs to shift? What in my life needs to move? What do I need to loosen my grip on? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to just straight up get rid of in order to go to that next level with you, to follow you, to pursue you more? And folks, as you listen, I promise he'll answer. Just listen for that small that small little voice inside, that nudging, that prompting that just kind of takes you here, that takes you just one step closer to God. Um, and just a quick note on that, um, test everything that you hear because sometimes our, our, our minds can go weird. The devil can whisper stuff in our ear and we can get, it's easy to sometimes get outside of God. Um, so just a quick little, um, quick little thought on, um, discernment, how to test those thoughts, test those spirits. Um, if it doesn't bear good fruit, if it doesn't line up with scripture and if it doesn't take you closer to Jesus, um, probably not of God. God's never going to tell you to do something that's going to draw you further away from him. Um, he's never going to say, tell you to do something that contradicts his word. Um, so yeah, it, just trust him on that. Trust him that if you test it, he's going he's gonna to make it clear. If you want to follow God, if your heart is for him, he's going to keep you on the right path. Just keep your ears tuned to his voice and be willing to lay down whatever it is, pick up your cross and follow him. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would search us. Search each and every one of us right now, God, that you would that you would let us know what it is we need to change the alignment of in our lives. God, what is it that we need to let go, um, let shift, just twist a little bit, tweak a little bit so that we can follow you better. And God, you want us to continue to pursue you, to continue to grow deeper. You never want us to stop. Um, we'll never get to the end of knowing who you are. We will never get... Um, to the end of the life. We'll, we will never become all that you intend for us to be this side of eternity. But God, let us never stop pressing forward. Let us never stop growing. Let us never stop pursuing to be like your son, to be like you. Let every day be more and more like you as we throw off the things of this world and we pursue the things of God. Lord, just let us deny ourselves, take up that cross and continually put to death those things that would rise up against you. Lord, I just ask that you would consume each and every one. Holy Spirit, come fill those that are listening, that you would just lead them and guide them, that your light would go forth. God, we are here to be your image. Transform our lives for your glory, for your namesake. Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.